toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings we are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. Thank you so much again for tuning in this week. I'm Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Carly Mentlick. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey, and we would like to thank our Patreon supporters for allowing this weekly conscious conversation. We are so grateful for all the support we have received with monthly donations on Patreon, the five-star written reviews on iTunes and Spotify, and the connection within our Awakening Souls Facebook community. We are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. And if you like what you hear, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to invite you to take a moment to get centered with us. I'd like to invite you to begin by taking a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. Releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose. Breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy. And breathing out anything you are ready to release in this now moment. And take one more breath in through your nose. Breathing in light and love for yourself. And imagine breathing that light and love. And send it back to all of humanity. Remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Carly Mentlick. She is a licensed holistic psychotherapist, children's development expert, and intuitive guide for spiritual parents and entrepreneurs. She is also the founder of the Inner Rainbow Project, a hub for children's mental health and well-being that uses an innovative fusion of education and psychology, along with the chakras and yoga to introduce spirituality to kids. Carly has a bachelor's in special education, master's in counseling, and has completed PhD work in feminist development psychology at New York University. And over the past nearly two decades, she has been blessed to work with children from all ages across all kinds of learning needs, personalities, and cultures. As the creator of the curriculum Camp Chakra Kids, Carly has already provided a spiritual toolkit to over a thousand kids and envisions a world where every child grows up feeling connected to their inner spirit. She is certified in yoga and Reiki, and her newest project, the Kids-Centric Podcast, called Chakra Talk is out now. 
Thanks so much for being with us today, Carly. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So we'd love to know what has led you down this spiritual journey. Yeah, um, I, I've always been um, drawn to things like like psychology and teaching and I didn't, um, I wouldn't have connected, you know, I guess that was my attempts um, with my intuition for kind of connecting with spirituality. Um, I grew up not, we celebrated different holidays, but it wasn't very uh, spiritual or spiritual household. So it was more when I was in my 20s when I found yoga um, at, that I really started to go on my spiritual journey and understand that there was more other ways to live, other ways to think about myself, other ways to be in the world than I had been exposed to or believed existed. Um, and then from there, just followed a path of traveling, learning all different kinds of what I could learn from different wisdom traditions, different kinds of modalities, just soaking up everything I could and, and still do. I don't think spiritual journey ever ends. And now I am devoted to bringing all of those, all of my understandings and all of my learnings to children as early in their lives as they, as they can possibly can. Mm. Thank you. It sounds like you've been on quite a journey just trying to discover what works for you and, and now bringing yeah. it to children. So tell us a little bit more about that. It sounds like you do a lot of work with children and, and how did you start working with kids and yeah, tell yeah. us about that piece. Well, I had always been interested in working with kids. Like I wanted to be a babysitter, you know, as soon as I was old enough to be allowed to be a babysitter and I wanted to go to school for teaching and, um, and then became really fascinated when I was working in a classroom. Um, I would be really drawn to supporting, like to going deeper with an individual child and seeing how I could help them what really lights them up and learning about how that can be so individualized. And so then that led me to um, studying therapy. Um, and so I had always been on a path of, of working with, with children, counseling them, being camp counselor, all those kinds of things. And then as I shared, when I, when I started really learning the value and the wisdom for my own healing of yoga, of meditation, breath work, just even in general, the, the philosophy of yoga. So being more expanded and giving the idea that there's, there's different ways to live. It's okay and natural to have different emotions and different struggles. And so when I, when I learned all that for myself and saw how transformative it was in my healing, that's when I started to figure out like, how can I, how can I translate all of this information? How can I share it in a way that's really fun, creative and accessible for kids. And that also reduces the stigma that we still have of, of managing emotions, looking at, at shadow aspects of ourselves, And so, yeah, I'm just really, that, I think it's just so fun to kind of take like a, a more, like a complex or a big concept, like intuition or, or even a, a, a book that was useful to me, like the four agreements. And then how can I take those concepts and bring them into a way that kids can really grasp onto and understand even, even at like the earliest, earliest of ages. Mm. I think that's so beautiful because, you know, I mean, children, you know, they're so their brains are so malleable and they're ready, you know, to learn. But when you're planting these seeds, such a young age, they can grow up with this knowledge and have mm -hmm. to be able to really 
relate to, say, the chakras or intuition, things that I know for like myself, like I didn't learn until I was, you know, much later in life and, and I had to go dive into, you know, work and I don't remember it ever being available, anything like that for kids. So that's really beautiful. Thank so you. tell us about the work, yeah, you do with kids and, and how you help them relate to the knowledge of chakras. So the way that, so that was when I learned about the chakra system, it's in itself. When I was introduced to that within my yoga training, um, that was the first time. Actually, I, I was intuitively drawn to chakras like earlier in my life. Like I actually have this little um, infographic that I collected as, as a 20 year old that I didn't know. So I was intuitively drawn to it. And that also lends itself to how, why it's useful for children. But so it became something, a system for me to understand myself. So energetic, not only energetic, energetically, but I really embrace um, that there's an Eastern approach to chakras that are, is helping us understand the energy in our bodies and how it can get stuck and how we can work with it. And also the Western approach to chakras, um, which helps us use the chakras as a framework for um, and I call it a map for a magical map for, for the kids, um, for how we can learn to build our happiness in life in all different, in all different areas. And so um, I just, I conceived of characters for each ones of each one of the chakras. And that's my introduction for how to teach, for how to teach kids how to embody the meaning and the, how the chakras can help them. So each one of the characters embodies all of the qualities, all of the ways that chakras, the chakra can help you. And then I help use the characters as the guides or the counselors, I call them, to teach kids to go on this magical journey through the map of their chakras. And for people who don't know what chakras are, <laughs> but so for example, just to give a couple examples, there's, I work with the seven chakra system, which is also, I think, beautiful because kids really relate to the rainbow colors of it. So for example, when they're, when I'm teaching them about the root chakra, that that's the core, the base of, of your body. And it's where you can learn to feel safe and protected in life. And then the character, for example, then embodies uh, someone who feels really connected to the earth, who helps people feel safe and at home, um, wherever they are, who loves to take care of their body. And so for so that, so I, I really relate it to concepts and emotional concepts too, that they can relate they can kind of make meaning of and figure out how can I use this to live my life in a happy and healthy way. Mm, I love, I love that using like Thank a you. character. I think even adults would enjoy that. I was actually curious even before I was going to ask you like, so what's the character for the for yeah. The <laughs> well, that I absolutely, I mean, that's been one of the most fun. I was asked earlier uh, this week of like, what's the best feedback that you've gotten on your work? And one of it is that adults will reach out to me and say like, Hey, I got this for my kids, but this is for my inner child too. Like, like I'm really liking this. <laughs> or my mom now will be like, Oh, we really need. So the, the chakra girls were born first. Uh, my first was in girls development. Spotty is the name, all of the chakra girl characters, the names of them are the beginning of the Sanskrit word name for the chakra. So okay. Spotty is the name of the chakra girl for the sacral chakra, who is, uh, teaches about creativity and flow. And for children, I actually teach friendship within the sacral chakra um, because it gives a place for teaching about their social world and, and 
taking that step out of being with the family out into the world and being with with friends um but so my mom and I will be like we really need spotty right now like when we <laughs> deal with going when something happens and you need to deal with a change and just like okay we're gonna go with the flow here we need spotty and so we, we really are kind of using it as our own language um or people will use it for inner child I have an oracle deck people use for inner child healing and um to to help them get to the concepts that they need to that they hadn't had a chance to explore, learn from, and maybe need to heal from as an adult. Uh, so I'm wondering, is, is this like one of the ways that parents can incorporate their spiritual journey along with their child's? Because I know chakras aren't usually uh, related to from a kid's perspective. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. I, I also learned about chakras and yoga training and some other energy healing trainings, but it wasn't really something that I thought was accessible to kids, yeah. but I like how you've incorporated that. So is that one Thank of the you. ways that you've done that? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That's why I like, I, I like using the chakra system as a framework and that's how I teach it. So it lays the framework for people, even if you don't have experience with chakras, it lays the framework for you to be able to incorporate all of the things and the values that you have um, in that you want to share. Um, and absolutely, because there's so many people that, I mean, that there's a reason why chakras are becoming mainstream and are so popular because it has healing in so many adults and so many people on the spiritual path. And so a lot of us do get, like you're saying, have that understanding of like, oh, here's how opening my heart chakra helped me. And again, maybe you don't, you don't think of it, or it wasn't framed in a way that you're like, this is accessible. This is something I could share with my child. But when you have that framework, you can see like, okay, this is, this is how they can understand the heart chakra through kindness and through love and through these fun activities, or here's the yoga pose that's you know, the, the broken down for them. And um, so you definitely can share the understandings that you have. It gives you like a framework to do that within that is allows for freedom and flow, but there's structure. And so there's organization. So there's like that kind of masculine grounding to it. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. I think that that's a, a great way to incorporate your spirituality. And what a beautiful way to really help connect with your child when you can see it also in their stage and where they're at and help them connect back to that that center. And I've also heard in you know different people describe in different contexts of like the chakras relating to different systems or structures like the Eric Erickson's um, mm -hmm. psychological model. And so it's yeah. going up, you know, yeah. that trust versus mistrust and starting there, oh. would you uh, agree with that? Yeah. So yeah, so you're referring to Anadea Judith's work in the, so there, it, she goes into that a lot in this book, Eastern, 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 mind, Western Western body. But, okay, I was like, well, am I putting the right ones? <laughs> am I putting the right one with the right one? Yes, Eastern body, Western mind. And so, yes, it's very fascinating. And I think that it can be helpful. It's not the way that I think it can be super helpful as a parent to read that book. And I think she might even have a section in that book about, I, I don't know, but um, to understand kind of where your child would be going through developmentally and how different kind of understandings come to you through different stages. It's not the way that I teach it for kids to understand because I think there's value within each um, 
there's value of learning about each chakra at no matter what developmental stage you're in and no matter what, what age you're at. So it's not like, let's wait until, and there are some, this is where I do. There are some philosophies that don't think chakras are appropriate to teach for kids for this reason, because it's the idea, well, you don't, you know, your third eye chakra doesn't open or isn't activated until you're at this stage of development. So it's not appropriate to talk about it or think about it or, you know, I don't know, work with the energy of it until sure. then. And, and I don't ascribe to that. There are different elements that kind of develop over our time, but I absolutely think the chakra system is accessible to, to every age. And I think it's an inherent kind of understanding that you're, you're born with, that you have, an, you're an energetic body and that you have different aspects of it inside of you. Um, so Absolutely. Yeah, I would, I would 100% agree. I was just curious if you've seen like children, if you relate to that, you know, yeah. seen that within the stages of as a child's development versus like how that um, I couldn't, you know, it's, in, it's really fascinating. And now after this call, that's really good. Go back <laughs> to my book and kind of revisit it. But it's not something that I could speak to that I really noticed specifically, because again, I think that developmental stages are valuable and important. And also there can be a danger there to kind of fix somebody into a state or, or sure. expect that it goes to a certain. So I, I do imagine that I would find alignment um, and could speak to it if I, if I looked, but I can't, I can't right now. It's not sure. actually. Yeah. Yeah. But I love Vano Dance Judas Horn. <laughs> and so if you're interested in chakras, I definitely suggest because she's super, she's definitely inspiration. And that's one of my favorite books. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. And I'm I'm also curious too. You mentioned inner child healing. Yeah. So is that something that you work with a lot or like what's your what's your framework for that? Yeah. So inner child healing, if you you may have also noticed, it's kind of becoming almost like a buzzword, or it's just becoming mm-hmm. kind of a big like everybody you got to do your inner child healing so but yes because it's so important so I did not specifically conceive of like oh these characters I did imagine them that they would be interesting to adults because while they they're very inspired by like Hindu gods and goddesses but they're also very inspired by the childhood characters I grew up with like Rainbow Bright and My Little Pony and Chakra Kids but having a (laughs) consciousness to them so I did imagine that adults might be interested, but it really was more the concept or the term inner child healing was more brought to me by people interacting with the work. And then I realized, you know, that is what my approach to to helping parents is. Um, I never know how to like, do I teach conscious parenting, intuitive parenting? You know, I don't, the title is difficult, but that's really what I'm teaching is how can parents go into and look at their own. And again, using the framework of the chakra. So say you're working on the, the throat chakra. So giving parents a chance to kind of look back and see, well, you know, where, where were my challenges in that area? Where did I have issues with my throat? Where was my throat chakra kind of closed down? as a child, how, and how does, not necessarily that you would, maybe it would lead you down a path to healing it, but an awareness that you have that then that would be a perspective or a lens that you're now looking at through helping your child. And how can you work on healing that and supporting them as a way to help them develop it in themselves. So it's really all the way I teach parenting is all about, yeah, inner child healing, Mm self-care and your own personal growth. And Mm -hmm. and that that's going to be the foundation to support your child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is all connected. I know being being a parent myself, part of parenting 
my daughters is also doing some of that inner child work that I need to do for myself to be a healthy parent. And Absolutely. yeah, so it, it all kind of melds together. I am curious though, like what prompts for parents would you have for them to speak to their kids about different yeah. spiritual topics, whether it's chakras or like how, how does that come about? So it doesn't seem like yeah. forced. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, it makes sense because that's actually more of what I focus on as a put not, I mean, I, I have prompts, prompts for days and happy to share them with you. That's a lot of what I have all different conversations, starters and questions in each one of the chakra areas for kids. So yes, I will share some specific prompts, but that really is what I start with foundationally is coming in with the mindset that you're asking open-ended questions with curiosity. There isn't a specific, I say anti-lecture is how I call it. And so without this attachment that you have, here's this lesson or here's this my child is going to be able to define chakras and know, you know, some kind of specific step-by-step -step or a kind of definitional or like a traditional response that that's kind of what we, what we come in with. And I always share here with that, you know, once I, I, I was more in the closet about teaching spirituality and I called it all different things, empowerment and et cetera. So when I was like, okay, now I'm going to say I share spirituality with my child, with, with people can I, would my child be able to define spirituality? How do I teach it to my own daughter and how will I be exposed and not, you know, and it really is like, I'm not teaching her what is spirituality? What are chakras? Even though that's helpful, but it's like, where do you feel um, sadness in your body? How does it feel mm -hmm. when you're tense? So I go in I, with the open-ended questions and curiosity and giving them the chance to answer with open-ended. So what the question of how do you feel about that? What do you think about that? Um, and just constantly being, giving them space to answer freely without judging it. That's to me is, is, the most important advice I could share as far as prompts go, because it's more about creating a space for them to explore and for you to learn about them without it in like there being an expected answer. And so also the way that I think about spirituality is your connection to your true and highest self. So what are the questions you can ask your child to help uncover that? So what lights you up? Makes What makes you feel sad? What makes you feel excited? What can you do? all the time, like what can you forever without noticing what time it is? So those kinds of questions, I think really get to giving them a chance to develop their own style of spirituality. And then if you're sharing something like a chakras or yoga, the way I share it is more like, here's this more in an exploratory, like, here's this thing that I think is really fun, or this, could, this is a way that I like to, that's a way to share spirituality. Here's a way that I like to um, calm my mind, you want to try some yoga poses with me. And so having it more be experiential when you're sharing something new of a topic, as opposed to here's like um, a question, or here's how I'm going to define share this definition that's beautiful I think I mean just have but and you know it really helps to engage the child and say you know this is how I like to do it mm -hmm. and giving them an option and an opportunity to share that with you rather mm -hmm. than making it separate and it really sends the message to like let's get in touch with our bodies right? Because mm -hmm. there's so many people, so many adults, and it took like, me included, like took years, right? To really get reconnected with my body and recognize I am more than just my thoughts. And I'm, you know, not the separate, my body's not separate from my mind or my head, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but being able to teach that at such a, val at such a young age is so valuable. 
and especially connecting, like, where do you feel that in your body? Right. That is such a beautiful question and it, it can really help to move through that. And I'm, I'm wondering just what, it, what are you noticing? Like how receptive are children that you're working with and what, what have you been noticing with just a prompt like that? Well, I think the reason why I've come to, again, share it more of like, what's my approach to sharing prompts as opposed to offering them because it allows that it's, it's just what you said, Brenda, how do you share it? in a way that's not, we're doing a lesson now. This is school, you know, this is very unnatural. So it creates the space for things to be organic. And that's what kids, they, they detect that um, immediately. And so that's why the energy of it is more important than the, the question, but the question also being open-ended. So instead of it, so where do you feel it in your body? leaves it open that there's not that you would feel it in your body. It doesn't say, do you feel anything in your body when you feel sad? It still sends this suggestion that maybe I should answer no to that, like, or nothing, or there's a right or wrong valuable answer. Where do you feel it in your body keeps it open. And I really do see kids response that. I mean, I'm very intuitive. So it's almost like, it's like a switch. I almost could see, but you could probably see it in your own children. If they're paying attention to you, like checked in, checked out. So what it does is it keeps them open to listening and participating. And again, they're like, oh, it's, it's what my feel is okay. It's not, you know, it keeps the space open that how I feel is okay. And it's very, very notable in, in energy, I feel like. So yeah. And my daughter, especially <laughs> that's my, yeah. that's my, you know, per, right. Like I always have that evidence for myself, but absolutely in others too, it's been reflected that giving yeah, that openness. I do you I find love- that there are some kids that are more in tune to being open to that energy or being more intuitive? And then if so, like, how do you grow mm-hmm. that? Because I know, I think I probably would have been in- very intuitive as a child, but it definitely was not fostered. Like, in fact, if anything, it was looked at as like, oh, you're so sensitive. And that was not said in a very nice tone. So are there certain like exercises or, or other things that you do for kids that you do find are more open to intuitive learning? Yes, I do. I do believe that there's a spectrum of intuitiveness and sensitivity. And also, I think what you're sharing that you notice as yourself as a, as a child is part of it is that it's not necessary. It's not conditioned. It's not cultivated. So I do think, especially now, it's more common that a child will come in and have that sensitivity and have that intuition already. And so a big part of my mission is that it's not, it doesn't get turned off and it does get nurtured and it does get cultivated. And so the way that I like to, um, do that is that I call the overall the work that I offer the idea of the approach as like a playground for self-discovery because I think that every child has their intuition they they speak to it differently like spirit speaks to them differently their sensitivity is is experienced differently so I, what I like to do is give a space for them to explore so maybe you connect with it your sensitivity 
is through is through your body. So if you're if you get shared um, some yoga poses and from different ones and how to connect that with supporting your different emotions, then maybe that's it for you. I think that breath work, guided visualization, meditation, those can often be really especially supportive for kids that have you know to cultivate that to help listen within. But I think overall, my whole approaches helping kids develop their unique toolkit so they can hear their inner voice so that they can listen to it and hear it and live from that. I think it's important also to teach children who are especially sensitive and intuitive to protect their energy too. So I teach that as well. Like how can you, how can you protect your energy? How can you create boundaries around it? So you're not isolating yourself, but you're also not being soaking in every energy from other people. So I share that awareness as well. Because I think that's something that's often not, people don't, they realize that. Like I, I also am a therapist for adults. That's what I, uh, and so I'll hear, you know, people are like, oh, you know, people coming to me say like first discovering their intuitive gifts and not having known or taught like, oh, I can protect myself from that energy. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I think is important to teach kids as well. What a beautiful gift. I, uh, I'm a psychotherapist also. And, and so cool. like I do... Um, that is one of the things that I work with people on because I, I have a lot of empaths entering my office and, well, you know, the, <laughs> the sense of energy that, yeah, that, you know, they haven't been taught that. And yeah. so it's such a valuable skill to recognize that they don't have to absorb everyone else's mm-hmm. energy. And so I'm wondering if you can, yeah, just maybe share some, some rituals or practices that you help support people with or children with that helps them stay centered and aligned, especially when they might be taking on other people's energies or just in a a rough place. I love helping kids kind of similar how I say, where do you feel that in your body? So I like helping kids define what their intuition sounds like and feels like. So they have that grounding to it. So my favorite, and this is, I taught my, my niece this when she was really little because I identified she's the, my old, she's older than my daughter. And, um, and I identified she was like, highly sensitive when she was young. And so I love the visual of, of creating a protective energy bubble around you. So helping kids close your eyes, grounding your feet to the grounds and imagining this protective bubble of energy. And I like getting creative with that so that the bubble can be any color you want. It can be glittery. And I also share though, that you get grounds with that and you imagine that, but the bubble it doesn't separate you from people. You're still there. You can still connect with it, but so you can, you can still see and you're still interacting with the world, but the bubble is protecting you. And then I also like to have them visualize like the energy coming like towards it and bouncing off the bubble so they could have a visual of what it actually is. And then I find that that's, it's fun. It's creative. It kind of takes a little stigma out of it. It's Mm. engaging. And then it also helps them visualize and and validate what they already are feeling. So, cause they're already feeling this energy coming at them, but maybe also, again, like you said, like sometimes it's not cultivated and sometimes it's straight. Like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. Almost adults that have shared that with me that they've shared trying to share um, their experiences of, of energy or things they can't see or, t- you know, and that just being very shut down, whether it's culturally, religiously, you know, for 
whatever reasons in their their families and so I think that to acknowledge that and to have that validated not only and then and now here's a, a way to support it and honor it um, I think is really important for kids I love visualizations I think they can be so fun really powerful <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, I mean all around whether it's yeah. like energy protection or what about like manifestation have do you work at all yeah. with like I mean for kids I'm so intrigued by that like what about I'll give you an example like my older daughter, we joke that yeah, she yeah. is our parking spot finder. Like, I don't know what, <laughs> I love it, yeah. it's amazing. Anytime we're in a crowded parking spot, I'm like, all right, start manifesting us a parking spot. And she yeah. does. It's like, this. Totally. So I know that's kind of a light example, but, it, but like, what, it is, but what it's not because yeah, it is, but it's not because I think that those, especially when I was being taught like to develop my intuition, those were some of the first things that were called out, like kind of notice those, you know, those are the first things you like practice your manifestations on. Like, we're going to go get that good parking spot, you know, and see. And so again, along with inner child healing, manifestation also is like a buzzword. And and I don't mean that in a negative sense. I just mean that in that when that happens, there can be all different kinds of information approaches, some misinformation and myths that, that get out there. And so... I actually was turned off by, I thought meditation was like the secret. It was like, you put the vision board and then the car comes to your house, you know, or whatever it is. (laughs) And I kind of wrote it off until maybe three years ago now. And now I've been more of a a student in really manifestation, law of attraction, other universal laws. I had always taught manifestation through the crown chakra. I didn't call it manifestation, but it was of the idea that you can imagine something that didn't exist in reality yet, and then bring it down to to reality. So I had always taught it, but now I actually, I'm planning the second season of my Chakra Talk podcast. And so I'm doing an episode on manifestation there specifically, but the way in general that I teach it, yeah, is the idea one, that you were powerful. We have inner magic. We have the ability to make our dreams come true, to manifest the things that we want. Manifestation is just bringing something that doesn't exist yet into reality. And so that's how I teach it to kids. So I teach it through imagination, believing in things that are, are, you can't see. And then I also, I also think it works well to teach it within the solar plexus chakra. So like in terms of bringing it down, like goal setting. So like, okay, here's your big wild dream let's make this into something that's, that can be reality. Sometimes it takes being realistic about earth and and what what we can accomplish on earth as far as manifesting that thing. Um, But that's generally how I teach it. And, and again, mostly cultivating the idea that it's possible that you have that ability. So even though I hear you're saying like when your daughter's finding the, the parking spot, it's like playful and it's like, Oh my God, it's almost kind of like, it's real, but it's magic, you know, but even <laughs> starting with belief that like, absolutely, she has that, like, that is real. <laughs> that yeah. really is happening, that she's drawing that good parking spot through her energy. And, so and I think, you know, as a parent, I'll, I'll say, look, you can manifest parking spots. You can totally manifest bigger things. Perfect. Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. So we try so and correlate that. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, it's just a parking spot. Look what else you could do. I think just empowering, because <laughs> yes. I have two daughters, empowering girls to me is just so important. And not yeah, just absolutely. with the small things, but it's like, we need to test the waters. And so those, the small things mm-hmm. can create mm-hmm. 
bigger things when they do start seeing that they are co-creators of their lives. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Beautiful co-creators of your lives. I know. And that's, that's why the chakra girls were born birth first. Um, I am very uh, passionate about girls, girls empowerment as well. Um, and then the, the boys kept coming to me and now they're all kids for, yeah, I just really want to create space as much accessible so people can find themselves within the, within the characters and find their empowerment mm-hmm. and acceptance of that however they are, however they are, is, is something val- that can be validated and they can see themselves reflected in. I love that. And my son, he is uh, 21 now, so he's okay. older, but throughout his upbringing, every year around New Year's, we would create a vision board together. He would have nice. his own, I would have mine, and but it was such a fun, engaging activity. And he mm-hmm. got to really dream about what he wanted to create and just such a fun activity for him. And so I'm wondering, yeah, are there other activities that you have to help parents maybe engage in there with their kids around manifestation and intuition and and things like that that are I mean, also, you know, as you're saying, and I'm like, yes, that is one of the core activities in my, <laughs> so I, just, I sometimes don't think of the, the obvious kind of more grounded things. So, so yes, absolutely. That actually, that is one of the signature activities that I use in the core chakra area is to create a vision board and to imagine all the different possibilities of your life. So yeah, I think that's really a good way because it combines the visual with allowing yourself to dream big. And it also creates space for conversation around it and around like kind of how you can make these things possible. So for example, my daughter and I have a vision board. Well, she created herself of our dream house, right? And so we have this dream house. It has all like how she'd want her room decorated and all this stuff. And so we have that and we dream towards that, but there's also the cultivation of being content and grateful for what we have. And so there's, there's kind of both the also allowing them to to hear what her dreams are and what her big dreams are without a limit. And then also to be able to have that in the same space as gratitude. So I think Mm. vision boards, anytime that you can, yeah, gather your hopes, wishes, dreams, create space for them. And then also I like to do something that I used to teach in creative, I used to teach uh, creative thinking to kids and activity now I have to put into my camp is, is called wild thinking. You start with thinking of the most wild, kind of like similar to a vision board, but almost maybe even more wild. Like I want to travel to the moon type of thing. And mm. then you take it down and you bring it down. How, how can I bring that down to something that actually could happen? Maybe we go to space camp. Maybe we watch a space movie, you know, or whatever. Maybe we go on a trip on a plane or, you know, so figuring out like, what are the elements in the court? Like things from your biggest, wildest dreams that then how can you manifest like a piece of that essence into reality? And mm. I think that that's really fun. So I love that. Cause you know, I think there's a lot of people that can get caught up in the how and get overwhelmed by this big vision. They know mm-hmm. they have this big vision, but then they maybe get paralyzed by analyzation, mm-hmm. you know, and absolutely, you know, so being able to chunk it down and taught that skill at a young age is so important. I think that sounds like a really yeah. 
powerful experience for them. Yeah. I mean, when, when you said that, I think definitely that's, that's something that I think is a more, a more recent understanding of mine around manifestation. It's like, and I think that is important to teach the kids, like you're not responsible for the how you focus Mm. on the why and the what, and then the how is, is not for you, you know? And so even just having that as a, oh, that's not something I would ever, you know, tell you better figure out that how, and you better get it all in the steps and it better look like that, you know? And so you get attached to what the how looks like. And so you missed maybe the magic of how that thing you want could happen in a different way. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's really valuable to teach kids too. Absolutely. And the feeling behind it. I think, you know, how does it feel feel in your body? Absolutely. So I'm curious, you mentioned about Oracle cards Mm -hmm. and um, that's actually one of the things that I'll do with my younger daughter because I pull an Oracle card every every morning and she's super curious and so sometimes they have like a spirit animal or sometimes Mm -hmm. it's moon phases and Mm -hmm. um, I don't go into a lot of detail with her about it because obviously the booklet that comes with it is is totally over her head but I'm curious if you like have any kind of introductory ways to make oracle cards a part of a kid's spiritual journey yeah I mean, well, that's why I created the the Oracle deck. So I have the Chakra Kids, um, Chakra Kids Oracle deck, and that that's why I created it. So kids would have their own way to use it. And so the booklet isn't over their head. <laughs> All of the things are for them. It makes sense. So it'll be a message. So if you got them their own set of Oracle decks, I also actually have an activity where you can create your own. So you're coming up with your own messages. It's blank. The with the characters and then you come up with your own messages and I have ideas for the themes but I think that yeah having their own kid-friendly kid-friendly tools so that they can it can be you know it's like their own special their own kind of special thing that they're doing too that's why I created them is because I think the kids need their access to that tool and there it's exciting because there are more and more I am seeing some more oracle cards out there for kids and more like card decks but so say if you didn't have access though to your own to, to your own for the kids and you wanted to incorporate I think the way that you're talking about it really is you know just letting them explored and what they're interested in like you said like maybe they pick the card or what do you like about the picture you know or how does this and so just allowing it more in an exploratory with no attachment to kind of like okay she doesn't have to get the same message as me or you know whatever it is like make up your own meaning to the card um that you see if it's Mm -hmm. if you know you only have access to a a deck for adults I love it I love it I have a question and and I hope I don't throw you off or anything but um no (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready (laughs) I'm just curious I've been thinking about really like the work that you're doing in the world is is so important as it's coming into you know teaching the children right because that's those are the, the future generations of our world and so I would just love to hear your dance and your passion and and what your mission and and this work that you're doing, how do you see this as planting seeds to truly be the love and to awaken our souls on this planet? In lovely synchronicity, this question was actually posed to me in a more more kind of a like, how would society change, you know, or way. And so I have had an opportunity to consider this in specifics, but it is also very, the idea of planting seeds for change in future generations, it's very intertwined to my mission. So, so it is, you know, what I, what I've thought of. It really is. So the, my name, the name of 
of my business is Inner Rainbow Project. And that isn't only a call to that I work with the chakras, but it really is a call to the idea that we all have different aspects inside of ourselves and that they all deserve to be shared and lived and expressed and not hidden. And so what we were, I was coming to, it really is. And it was interesting because when the question was posed to me, it was like, the idea is working towards a utopia where everybody's true self is allowed to express itself. But it was interesting because I didn't say that word because it's almost like that's far-fetched. And then the person I was talking to called it heaven on earth. And it's almost like, are we even allowed, are we allowed to even envision that that could be possible. But I really do think that the idea of planting seed, your true full expression is why you're here and what's here and what is allowed to be expressed onto earth. And it and there's no competition and there, that would lead to harmony and to people to something like a heaven on earth. So I'm starting to feel comfortable I'm getting chills as I'm saying it because I'm still like, mm. I don't know. I don't know what the chills are about exactly. I'm not going to analyze them for us now, but um, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I think it really is, is just giving people an opportunity to live in such a such a different way and such. Um, I, I also think there'd be like, like a renaissance of like creativity and new inventions. Like if, if people were all really allowed, like felt comfortable mm. to share their true gifts, there would be so much, so much more art and creativity and just be wild. Yeah. So oh, absolutely. And looking <laughs> yeah, at the big picture, it's so recognizing how our passion and purpose is really changing the dynamics uh, of the, the new earth really. Yes. Yeah. And I love hearing your your passion Thank about you. working with kids and parents. And please tell our listeners where they yes. can find you and what you're currently working on. You could find me at innerrainbowproject.com is where all of my, uh, where is my hub for everything. And I just uh, completed my first season of my podcast, Chakra Talk, where you can learn about if that is if you're interested in in like how to break down the topics and how to talk to kids about specific topics. Um, that's my goal there. You can find me there. And then I just launched my first children's book on Amazon called Activate Your Inner Rainbow. So that's for my, the miniest of mystics is what I call to introduce the chakras to kids in a fun way. And so that would be like the very first start if you were like the little mini, wanted to teach your, your little minis about chakras. Beautiful. And we will add all your links to the show Thank notes. You. So people can easily find you and thank, thank you, you yeah. so much carly thank for being you so here much today. this is great beautiful and thank you for listening to be the love podcast if you've enjoyed listening to our show please share the love by sharing it with your friends giving us a five-star written review on itunes or liking us on facebook and please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with special guest interviews and speak the love conscious conversations with your co-host myself and brenda a monthly donation of two dollars and 22 cents or five dollars and 55 cents really helps us with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, please visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast and stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays and Thursdays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time.
Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining. <laughs>